With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. But yeah, Anfield, it just felt... I, every ground I go to now, I'm thinking, this isn't as good as Villa Park. You know, Newcastle are a team on the up. Villa are a team on the up. They're big fan bases, proper loyal fan bases who have, um, you know, been through some hard times and, and they're really enjoying it again. There's no better English defender on... John Stones is very different. You know, he's playing a completely different role for Man City and playing for Manchester City is very different to playing for Villa. So excluding Stones, there's no better performing English central defender. The 1874 show. By the Villa View. Hello, welcome back to the 1874 show on the Villa View with myself, Dan Bardell, and my good friend and athletic Aston Villa correspondent, Greg Evans. This show is supported by NordVPN. More to come from those guys later. Greg, how are you? Good, Dan, thanks. Uh, yeah, looking forward to the weekend. Can't, can't believe, really, that Villa are in this position, um, needing just one win to guarantee European football. So, yeah, happy days. How are you? Good season's flowing by, I think. A lot's happened in it. In some ways, it feels like about three different seasons rolled into one. But in other ways, that, that Bournemouth game doesn't feel that long ago. <laughs> it always does, doesn't it? You, you know, when you get to sort of May time, you always think, where have the last couple of months gone? And it always yeah. just seems to go really quick, those last few months. Been a bit of a weird, well, it's been a weird season, hasn't it? You know, for, for a variety of reasons. The fact that, you know, we had a winter break just to, to, to stop for the World Cup over in Qatar. Um, you know, weird enough. And then I suppose it, it's almost becoming quite normal, isn't it, though, for Villa to get rid of a manager around the end of October? The, the last... Uh, I hope that doesn't happen next three year. Of, three of the last, what, five years, is it, that they've done that? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, three of the five, maybe six, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, look, it was obviously a, a really tough start wasn't it for Villa under Gerrard and um, it seems like a lot very very long time ago um, but the second half of the season or the last three quarters of the season should should we say has been excellent. I mean if you'd have told me in October that potentially Villa would be going into the last game having European qualification in their hands as well not even that they could get Europe it's actually in Villa's hands as well and this would go on to be one of my favourite second halves of the season that I've ever had 
at Villa as a, as a Villa season ticket holder, I'd have been shocked. There's no way I, I would have believed it. But how amazing is it that Villa are going into that game next week against Brighton in seventh, knowing that a win guaranteed Europe? Yeah, and there's a lot of times this... I mean, look, yeah, I, I fully agree with you. You know, as, as, as a reporter, I was thinking... I wasn't ever fearful of Villa going down, but I was more concerned that this was just going to end up in another sort of boring hmm. season. Villa finished somewhere, you know, 14, 15, uh, somewhere between sort of 10th and, and 15th. Um, and when Emery came in, that very much was the the brief, you know, get away from the relegation zone. If you can squeeze a top half finish for the first time in 12 years, excellent. That would show that, you know, bringing Emery in was justified. Um, that Villa were moving on up and that they were continuing to make the progress, which is what the owners always want to say. Um, the fact that they're seventh now are going into that final game is just amazing. Um, and yeah, and as you say, to have, to have it in their own hands, brilliant. Um, what was the other question? Sorry? I don't think there really was a question. It was just the fact that it's amazing that we're that we're going into this last game at the, at the weekend, knowing that if we win, that that's Europe. I mean, we could lose. And get Europe in fairness, mm. depending on how how the results go. Although I'd, I don't really want to risk that. I'd quite like to have a comfortable day at, at Villa Park on Sunday with no jeopardy and not all this stuff where it's moving around and all the ramifications are changing as, as you go through the day. Especially if you're trying to find out what's going on at Villa Park as well, because let me tell you, the signal is not brilliant oh, really? at Villa Park. <laughs> so trying to find, trying to find out what's going on might be a bit difficult. From, from yeah, the we, had a, we, we had an issue in the press box a few weeks back, actually, where the, the Wi-Fi just completely went off. It was one of the night games and okay. um, all the reporters were, were scratching around, we, we, you know, thinking how are we going to file our match reports? And um, some of the some of the guys that still worked the newspaper deadlines were, were, were fretting, yeah. But, um, yeah, hopefully they get that resolved. What was, yeah, what, what, what was going to say, actually, yeah, sorry, Dan, you just reminded me, was... The final game of the season, the fact that Villa have got it in their own hands, etc. The fact that it's one game, I think he's great because um, it's going to suit sort of Unai Emery's style. Now, we know that he's excellent when it comes to finals. Uh, OK, he has lost a few, but he's a you know serial trophy winner and he manages to get the job done in finals a lot of the times. So, effectively, this is a final, isn't it? You know, but don't you never know what Brighton are going to turn up, what team, whether they're going to be the one that won six nil up against Wolves or the one that lost five one at Everton. You don't really know with Brighton. What well, you they do. might not need to turn up. That's the that's the well, other thing, isn't oh, it? They don't need no, to. Do well, they? yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. They, they don't. They're six they don't pretty much whatever, unless there's a massive goal difference between. Unless Man City beat them not fifteen nil. Which, you yeah. know, you won't put past Man City in. <laughs> well, I don't he, think that much. But yeah. no, you know what I mean, though. <laughs> Uh, um, no, look, I mean, Brighton are going, will go into the last game where they won't be needing anything really there. Um, uh, they can go out and play with freedom and, and enjoy themselves. So sometimes that doesn't work in in, a, in opponent's favour. But let's uh, um So, yeah, I think the fact that Emery and, and he, with his sort of cup final type experience um, will be really looking forward to this one. And I think he'll be able to get the job done. John McGinn did an interview after the game um, against Liverpool. And always love, you know, we love it when when John McGinn comes and stops because he's probably the best Villa player to interview. Um, certainly after a game, he's just very honest and he's just down to earth, and um, you know, he doesn't roll out cliches. He just says what he 
what, what, what he's thinking. And it's great, a little bit like Jack Grealish, you know, no coincidence that the two of them are very close, you know, very similar in that respect. Um, but he said, look, you know, that the manager's going to be obsessed this week in, in finding the weaknesses in Brighton, um, drilling us into uh, what we've got to do. And then, you know, hopefully seeing it, hopefully seeing it through. So, yeah, it's 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 an exciting time, isn't it? We, we, we've had like end of the seasons where we had to win to get something to stay up. <clears throat> you think of the the COVID, the end of that COVID season where Jack Grealish scored against West Ham and then Villa contrived to concede about a minute later whilst I was still celebrating that, that goal. You know, we've had moments where we've had to win to, to try and stay up and we had to pull that run together couple of seasons in the championship where you know you've got the playoffs coming but you've already qualified but to to go into that last game of the season having something positive to play for I don't remember the last time that that really happened where you know you're going into the last day knowing that if you win you're tangibly going to going to get something maybe maybe 97 98 it's the only one that's jumping to my mind where Villa needed to beat Arsenal on the last day to get to get seventh and and get your then a cheeky Dwight York penalty won it on that occasion, but 10 men Villa beat already champions Arsenal and then qualify for Europe. But, you know, there's not too many times where that's happened. And I, I just think it, it, the atmosphere will, will carry Villa over the, over the line on, on Sunday. I think there's, in my mind, that point at Anfield on, on Sunday, I think that's done it. I think that's a, a massive, massive point getting that point out because it's taken us above Tottenham mm. and Tottenham have been flirting around sixth, seventh now for the, the whole season. I think now they've, fell out of the European qualification place. I think psychologically, their fans don't want to come in the Conference League. Not convinced the players at Tottenham want to play in the Conference League. So I feel like they're coming up against a team in Leeds who desperately need a win, and even that might not be enough to keep them up. So they're playing against a team that's got something to play for. I don't think they want even what what we're playing for at Tottenham. So I actually think that that point, is huge. Brentford have suddenly come a little bit from nowhere, though, mm, haven't they? they? They can still, yeah, be the dark yeah, horses yeah. and surprise everyone. I mean, they've hurt us a number of times, Brentford. I don't know. Imagine <laughs> yeah. if they come and nick it from us in the, at the eleventh hour. That would feel very Brentford to me. Feels like. Uh, don't mean this in the wrong way, because Villa have been exceptional under under Emery. But it feels almost like over the course of the season that Brentford, for their consistency, almost deserve to to have something to show for their end of the se- uh, their season. So. If it turns out like that, uh, you know, it wouldn't be a major surprise over the course of the season. I just think that, you know, the last couple of day, uh, last couple of games, it's been very much Villa or Tottenham, hasn't it? Um, yeah. You know, we're right in sort of there. Um, so, yeah. Oh, do you think they're going to do it? I, I think they will. I think everything is just pointing in, in Villa's favour. Like I say, that home atmosphere. That I would back Villa at the moment to beat anyone at home because they've won six in a row. They've barely conceded a goal. In that run, I think Villa are now a very, very good home team. And when we've got something to play for, mm. it's a big game like Newcastle a few weeks ago and Tottenham to a certain extent two weeks ago as well. I think when there's something to play for, that crowd comes alive and the players come alive. And I just think everything kind of merges as one. Everything, everyone's pulling in the same direction. I think it becomes a special place. And I think just think with the run they've been on, Brighton not really having anything to play for. I just think I feel like the stars have aligned, and like I said, that point I think was huge. Yeah, it's massive. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's almost it was almost as equal as equally as important as a win would have been because um, you, Villa would still be going into the next game knowing that they needed either a win or you know a draw. Like maybe okay, it would have given them a little bit more freedom. But I just think it's bit it's a bit better for players if they've got that clarity, knowing they just have to go and win the game. 
it, it just it alleviates any doubt and it just it focuses yeah. the mind and they just know they've got to go out, put a performance on from the first kick and, and go and get a win. Um, I think Newcastle last the... night was a funny one, wasn't it? Because they only needed a point and suddenly mm. the last 10 minutes they were like, oh, mm. do we sit back now and just yeah, try yeah. and protect and what like, we've got? And the game became funny and Leicester nearly scored, didn't they? At the end? Yeah, you know, it's an, awkward, it's an awkward position, isn't it? It's like when you... It's like a semi-final when you take a one-nil, um, uh, you know, when you used to have away goals and all that, you know, knowing that if you go and win one-nil, then you only need to draw in the, in the second, but, or to lose, um, etc. Well, Villa had it, didn't they, in the playoffs not that long ago when they went yeah. to Middlesbrough and won one-nil and yeah, then yeah, the leg was nil-nil and it was yeah. painful. That was a painful yeah, game. Yeah, painful. But it's a, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you got uh, mentioned that game because if you think of, and we've mentioned this on pods previously, um, Villa's record in semi-finals at Villa Park, it's amazing. Um, you know, it's unbelievable. You know, it's really, really good, and and that just feels like because the fans are really up for it, they know that they can make a difference, and that's what it should and I think will be like on Sunday. It will feel like a, a semi-final or a final at Villa Park or whatever because it's just a one-off game that Villa literally need to win. It's simple as that. The whole season has come down to this game. And and Villa just need to win it. So the so every single fan that's going to Villa Park supporting Villa will know that, and they'll be all up for it. Um, I think it'd be a really good atmosphere. I, I was Anfield wasn't great, was it really? Until the last sort of ten minutes. Well, the of, Liverpool fans. Bit, away, yeah. I, was, I was in the away end. I would say the atmosphere in the away end was was very good. Very yeah, positive. yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, a, a typically good away following, and you know, wild scenes when Villa scored. Uh, always good to look at. Um, but yeah, Anfield, it just felt, I, every ground I go to now, I'm thinking this isn't as good as Villa Park when, when you know, over the last couple of weeks, months, um, St. James's Park maybe been the, the only sort of yeah, one. Yeah, the, I that, think they'd be the two, difference. wouldn't they? They're but them two that, and Anfield. But there's, a, there's a reason though for that, isn't there? It's because, you know, Newcastle are a team on the up, Villa are a team on the up. They're big fan bases, proper loyal fan bases who have, um, you know, been through some hard times and, and they're really enjoying it again. Liverpool have been spoiled, haven't they? And and like you, you, when I was just walking around Anfield a couple of hours before the kickoff, it felt very touristy. Whereas at you know where it felt like people were just there for the day out, they weren't sort of like hardcore Liverpool fans. Whereas when I'm at Villa, it always feels like it's a proper sort of community, a proper yeah. Villa community. But um, I suppose that's what happens when you're at such a huge club like Liverpool and, and you've got that massive global brand. Um, so many people from different areas of the world want to want to come and visit and watch the games and nothing wrong with that because I think Villa would quite like that you know Villa's owners would certainly uh, like it if, if Villa could move towards that type of club as well um, and you know attract new supporters so but yeah you know the, that's one good thing to take from this season that the atmosphere is back at Villa Park now um, and let's hope it can stay because it does make a difference yeah and, you know, it really does players over the years who have said that when they're again, when the fans are against them, it really does make it difficult. But when they're with them, it significantly helps. Yeah, I mean, feasibly with this manager, it should stay like this for for years to come. I would think it's just the the perfect manager for us. It's it's the perfect fit. I like what you said probably about five minutes ago. Now, it's like the clarity of knowing that you you need to win. Like if we're going into that game on Sunday, and that a win a win might be enough, but you've got to rely on results around you. That's a very, that becomes a very mm. different atmosphere. That becomes very mm. touchy. I think that clarity for everyone, including the fans, I, d- I do think that's really really important go- going into Sunday. It's a shame. It's a shame they didn't win at the weekend. I think they you know they got to ninety minutes. 
mm. one nil up, didn't they? They did a lot of defending in that second half. But I will say that when Firmino scored and then 10 minutes of stoppage time came up, I'd resign myself to defeat. Yeah. That's just, I just thought, there's another goal coming here. Isn't yeah, it? This, this is just yeah, what happens. Yeah, yeah. 10 minutes is a lot. We're going to struggle to pin them back. But actually, in that stoppage time, there's that, that resilience from, from Villa again. Yes, they conceded late, but you know, in years gone by, they'd have conceded late and then conceded again. Mm. But they didn't do that. They didn't capitulate. They remained resolute. I don't remember Liverpool really making too much happen in that in that ten minutes. And they need they needed a win. Liverpool, yeah, they wanted yeah. to win that game. They needed to. Yeah, you know, obviously a, a very you know, heavily um, Liverpool focused press box, and and speaking to a lot of the people that that go regularly to games. Um, you know, in the press box, they said that Villa, uh, Liverpool's performance in the first half was up there with the worst um, of the season. And, and you know, certainly in, in recent months, because what you've what you got to remember is Villa, uh, I keep saying Villa, <laughs> Liverpool were seven game, Liverpool had a seven game yeah. run of, you know, going into that game. They were looking almost untouchable again, scoring loads of goals, but they just couldn't create anything. Um thought Kamara was... Really important bringing him back into the midfield. That was a another masterstroke from from Emery. Uh, you know, dropping Brent Buendia and putting Kamara in there. I thought he was, you know, so good at winning the ball back. Um, you know, blocking runners and just making those interceptions. Just the basic stuff that a, a good defensive midfielder should do, but not all of them can. Um, he was brilliant. Mings sensational as well. You know, do you think he should have been sent off? Mings? Uh, no. You usually give a less biased answer than, than no, I, I didn't think no. so either. No, no. Um But he was colossal. Oh god, he, he was he was unbelievable. You know, like keep I feel sorry for Conza because I always seem to be talking about how good Mings is, but and, and you know, equally Conza has been very good as well. But I just think that Mings just does the other the other things that stand out a little bit more. You know, he always wins those first contacts at headers. Uh, first contacts at corners, you know, with his with his head, um, he does the the stuff that sort of gets highlighted a bit more. You know, the the blocks and the and the yeah. crunching tackles here and there. And um, yeah, I just think he's had a brilliant season. You know, to think back to that opening day, he was dropped by Gerard. He'd lost the captain. So um, I remember interviewing him a, a couple of weeks after, and he was. You know, it was before the World Cup and I think privately he knew that he wasn't going to the World Cup at that point. But, you know, didn't really want to talk too much about it because he wanted to focus on getting back to being a top performer for Villa. Um, and I just think, you know, everything he said in that interview, which I did for The Athletic, um, he achieved in the months ahead. And look, I'd love to see Mings and Stones as an England partnership. I Mings has got to be in that squad. He's playing the best football of his life at the moment and he's playing to such a high level that I think there is only yeah, John Stones yeah. as a centre-half that's up there with him at the moment. And, and like, I, I do firmly believe if he's not in this if he's not in this next England squad, then this manager will, will never pick him because, you know, how, how can he? How he can used he to not pick him when he was not in his plan as well. Can, that's the weird how thing. How can he not be in the team now ahead of Coda, uh, Maguire, uh, Dyer, who's been dropped to the bench. Maguire doesn't even play. Cody hardly plays. Um, John Stones has been great, yeah, so keep him in the squad. But have John Stones and Tyro Mings, give that a go. Two mid, two players who could could pass their way out of defence, but also, you know, be actual stoppers as well. Two clean sheets in the Euros when they play together as well, those two. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, Mings has never let England down. So, um if you're going to say that the reason Harry Maguire is picked because he's done well for England, which he has, um, you know, you should also look at Mings as well. 
I mean, how long can Maguire not play for Manchester United and get? Yeah, he's just, it's, it's, it's unsustainable, isn't it? I understood it for the World Cup. This is almost now. It's well, it's not almost now. It's a new campaign, isn't it? You're focusing mm. toward towards something else. Just thinking being left footed as well is such a such a massive thing in any type of football, but especially in international football. There's no better English defender on. It's, John Stones is very different. You know, he's playing a completely different role for Man City, and playing for Manchester City is very different to playing for Villa. So, excluding Stones, there's no better performing English central defender in the Premier League. Maybe Lewis Dunk. No. But I think he's had a couple yeah. of off. He's had but, a few but, you know, this, this, the, Dunk Dunk's been great, yeah, and you know, it, it does deserve recognition because of the season he's had. But you know, Brighton have conceded a lot of goals lately, and he's part yeah. of that defence. So. Um, you know, everything stacks up favourably for Mings because he's playing exceptionally well, so he passes the eye test. And the stats back it up. Villa have conceded five goals in 13 games from open play. You know, Mings is a big part of that. He's very, nine in the last 18, I think. Very, yeah, he's very much a team, team, you know, team game, of course, and it's Emery's, Emery and his coaching team and their, you know, elite coaching that have, that have helped create this this um, difficult-to-break-down team. But Mings is at the heart of it. Put him in an England team with better players alongside him. He could be even better. Well, I think, I always thought, Rob, Mings has always played well for England. I've never seen him have a bad game for England. I always thought, I've loved him for Villa for years. Everyone knows that. But I always thought, when he was getting in the England squads and the teams, when he was playing for England, I always thought he looked a bit more assured. And I always wondered what the reason why would be for that than he did, than he did for Villa. Villa... I think at times he maybe took on too much responsibility trying to be in too many places at once. Mm. I think that affected his game. But the other thing is, the one thing you can say about Southgate in England, they've got a defined defensive structure, haven't they? Yeah, true. So if you put Mings, and, and Emery's got that as well with Villa, so if you put Mings within a defined defensive structure, he's going to give you performances because that's what he's done for England mm. and that's exactly what he's done for he's done for Villa the whole time Unai Emery's been. So if you give Mings a defined defensive structure, I don't think there's a better defender to play next to John Stones at the moment. I fully expect to see Maguire's name in the in the squad, but there's no justification for him playing at the moment. And if Eric Dyer's getting Eric Dyer's been horrific the last few months. Cody's not played, like you say. There's Gaia, at Crystal Palace, Lewis, and, and, ben, and ben White as well. You know, but it's well, you know, what's going on with him? It, you know, how much yeah. does he? So. so Mings has got it. He's got. He's got to. Be, not only should he be in the squad, he should be starting. What have um what have, what have, obviously the England squad has been announced on on Wednesday? So this is quite topical actually. What what have Ollie Watkins because he's the goals mm. have dried up. He he missed a penalty at the week. I feel sorry for him because you can see <laughs> yeah he I felt like he got away from beating himself up when he missed chances and because I think he's gone a few games without scoring. I kind of feel he's gone back to holding himself responsible for for things again. Now the goal the goals have dried up, but he's probably done enough to still be in there. But Wilson has obviously come alive in the yeah. in the last few weeks as well. Um, yeah, from, from from what I'd heard, that he was you know very close to being called up. Um, I, I hope that nothing has changed over these last couple of weeks uh, when he hasn't. When he, I think he's got five goal, five games now. He hasn't scored five or six. six yeah. Um, and obviously the missed penalty at the weekend, you know, won't do his confidence any good. But he had a really good run of games. You know, really, really good season. Um, one that he'll look back on and be pleased with. Um, you know, really pleased with because it has been a great season for him overall. Yeah, phenomenal. Um, I, I think he'll be in the squad. Yeah, I, th- I think. I think likes him. I think he's, I think he's done enough. Uh, Steve Holland went and watched him a couple of times. Um, you know, home and away. Southgate went to a lot of Villa games um, when he was scoring lots of goals. 
Um, and he's worked with him before, so he knows what he's like. He knows his, his hard work ethic. Um, you know, he would have spoke to people at Villa to find out a little bit more. And, and if he's spoken to Uno Emery, then he's going to have had a glowing reference because Emery absolutely loves his work rate and his dedication. Um, Emery always talks about footballers needing to dedicate their life to, to, to football. Um, and, and Watkins is pretty much one of those guys who does that. Yes, he obviously has a bit of downtime with his family and stuff, but um, he's very dedicated to getting better. And that's what Emery likes. Ivan Tone is obviously going to be missing as well, isn't he, for a sustained period. Mm-hmm. He got in the he got in the last squad. So there is a vacancy as backup to, to Harry Kane. It's probably out of him or Wilson at, at the moment. What have, what have Jacob Ramsey? Another goal for him. Scores in the big games. Having a yeah. great productive <laughs> second half of the season. How far is he? Um, yeah, I mean, he's certainly one, one that they'll be monitoring because Southgate likes the... Um, you know the the system of coming through, and and, and he's obviously played for under twenty ones. I expect he'll have a really big summer at the under at the under twenty ones in um, in Georgia. You know, it'd be huge for him. He'll be one of the key players in that England team. Um, fully expect them to go, you know, right to the distance, if not win it. Um, yeah, he because, won't be in this squad, will he? Because of the. Uh, he won't be in this England squad. England no. squad. Very, very much. Oh, I mean, if he is incredible, but I don't think so. No, he's a big part of the twenty ones. Um, and I think next season will be the one that you know he'll be looking to break into the England squad if he continues performing the way he is now. Um, yeah, doing really well. Isn't he? And what about that free kicks uh, routine? You see that one? That was yeah, amazing, clever. Wasn't it? That was very, do, very, very Austin clever. Very special. Yeah, very clever. I mean, go back to the go back to the um, the structure at Villa now. If you remember under Gerard, Austin McPhee um, used to come under a bit of criticism. I think didn't he? Fans weren't really having him. They were like, who's this blonde-haired guy who keeps coming out of the dugout, waving his arms around, organising stuff, and we keep conceding from free kicks now? I think that was very basic to, to, to say that, but kind of understandable if you, if you don't know the context behind it. But um, there wasn't actually that much buy-in, I believe, from, from Gerard. Uh, you know, it was almost a case just of... inherited him, didn't he? He was just there. Yeah, and it was almost a case of, right, so we'll do our training session and then go and spend 15 minutes with McFerr working through whatever he wants to do. And then that'd be it kind of thing. Um, whereas Emery, if you look now, Emery's the man on the dog. Uh, Emery's the man out in his technical area, but not a single one of his coaches ever get up. The only other person that gets up is McPhee. Mm. And that's because he's so close to it all now. He's so connected. Um, you know, Emery sees the benefit of of set pieces as it, as he does with every other facet of the game, um, and Villa are spending a lot more time on it now. But whereas before it was a case of go and listen to go go and have a go and have a session with you know McPhee and and um, and do what you want kind of thing. Now all the plan that they it's all it's all centralised. So everything that they do together, the players with McPhee will be under Emery's guidance and then they'll bring things into the game. And I just thought that was, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's great to watch, isn't it? You know, a couple of different corner and free kick routines. I think what they were trying to do with Ramsey is because they realised how quick he is over a short distance, that he could out-sprint um, any of the Liverpool defenders. Um, I mean, I presume that's how, how they what they were thinking. And the only criticism, I suppose, is that he probably should have just pulled it back to Watkins rather than shooting. Um, Alisson was out quick. Position. 
Difficult. You know, I think it would have been difficult to get it across just yeah. watching the replays. It would have been but, difficult. But, Great move, clever, clever move, and you know it's good to see Villa doing things like that. Um, yeah, and 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 they're having some good uh, good results from from free kicks and, and corners now, aren't they? Yeah, I think it was harsh to criticise him. I remember actually tweeting something how, how like, basic it was to every time you can see the goal from set piece, blame Austin mm-hmm. McFee. No, it just it just wasn't fair. But it's great to see that. Okay, it shows the difference between the two managers, doesn't it? Emery's inherited him. But he's letting him do what he's good at, a little bit like. Yeah, and if Henry's he was crap, crap, and if he was crap, yeah, we'll he'd have got rid of him. Yeah, no, he's he'd obviously got rid of him. the Villa fans now. They like. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, they like him. They like Austin <laughs> McVeigh now. I can tell you that's exactly the the vibe. Yeah, yeah, in, no, in the stands, they yeah. like Austin McVeigh. Yeah, I now. think so. I, I, I love it so. when we get a free kick and he gets up. There's <laughs> something about it that I find really satisfying. Every time Villa have a set piece. He emerges from the dugout. I don't know what yeah, it is like about yeah, it, but yeah. I always have a look to see. Oh, there he is. Austin's, uh, Austin's on the move so, again. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, he's the only guy uh, out of the coaching team that gets up. And I mean, that's, you know, that's Emery giving him that that freedom so, and no, responsibility. No room for anyone else when, you know, when Emery's there. No. And other set-piece coaches at other clubs I know uh, typically tend to stay on the... Um, in the in the technique in the dugout because they feel that it's the manager that should be promoting things, but no, each club's different, aren't they? So yeah, right then. Let's have a quick word from our sponsors, NordVPN. We'll come back and we'll talk about the Villa backroom stuff because there's been some some strange goings on. If you're getting fed up of missing all the live football, then our new show sponsor, NordVPN, will be able to help you out. NordVPN is a secure and private service which works on pretty much any device, including your laptop, mobile and smart TV. So if you want to watch, let's say, some live US content, it allows you to appear like you're in that country. And whilst you're connected, no one can find out what you're doing, including your internet service provider. Beyond this, the service also has threat protection baked in to protect you from intrusive website ads and malware, which is pretty handy. As part of NordVPN supporting the Villa View, they've given us an exclusive deal of up to 65% off and four months for free. This also includes Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. All you got to do is go to thevillaview.tv slash NordVPN and sign up. All the details will be in the description of this video. And as always, we're truly grateful to anyone that signs up. We know money's tight, but if you think NordVPN is worthwhile and it's going to help you out, then this really helps us keep the channel running. All the best up the villa. Right then, thank you very much for NordVPN for continuing to sponsor us. Don't know why I keep saying before that we're here from them, because it's not them. It's me talking about them. But thank you to them for backing the show. Right then, Greg, we recorded our pod last week. <laughs> Alamene. Not coming now. What's happened? Yeah, it was uh, quite a chaotic week last week. Um, trying to get to the bottom of all this and, and the reasons why Alamene decided that he didn't fancy the the job at Villa and and, and actually, you know, as, as, as some sort of sporting director or te- technical director, you know, the the term wasn't defined, but he was going to come into a position of that sort of nature. Um, Barcelona, as, as we all know announced that he was leaving um, and that he would be leaving on July the 1st. Uh, he was expected to join Villa because he knew Emery, he knew um, Vidigani, who, who who works alongside Emery, um, and was interested in the project at Villa. You know, he actually came over to Birmingham to speak about it. But Is that it, Sorry to interrupt you. I've done that a couple of times. So sorry. You say he's interested, but he'd informed Barcelona he was going a year early. So that's more than being interested, isn't it? 
Well, he was leaving Barcelona. Yeah. You know, he was leaving Barcelona. That there was there was kind of no doubt about that because Barcelona had announced it. So we were all very clear that he was leaving. It was then his, you know, his prerogative to go and speak to whoever he wanted to at that point because Barcelona knew he was leaving. Villa were interested. He was interested in Villa. He went and had a chat with them. Um, people at Villa expected him to then join. And then all of a sudden, Jordi Cruyff leaves Barcelona. Um, the news filters out of Spain that Alemany's decided that he wants to stay. Are those two things related, do you think? Possibly. I haven't got to the bottom of that yet, but possibly. Um, you know, my, my, my links with Barcelona aren't as, um, you know, close as, as, as others. But, you know... Well, I don't... Gone your global Greg anymore, then. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe. But I don't, I don't know the, the answer to that. Um, all I know is that he's staying at Barcelona. He fancied another opportunity. You know, it felt like he... When they won the league, perhaps there was a slight emotional connection when he went back and celebrated. Um, and look, you know, he came out publicly and said, I don't want to leave this great club. It's one of the biggest clubs in the world, if not the biggest. Um, uh, and I think he felt that he had started the project and he didn't want to give that up. And moving to Villa, you know, a much smaller club than Barcelona is perhaps not what he wanted at that point. And... We were talking about this last week, weren't we? We were saying the fact that Villa have been able to get a key decision maker out of Barcelona and into Villa shows an incredible pull from a seventh place Premier League team. You know, it shows how ambitious this club are, but deep down, it was always going to be tough. He never, he never signed anything. He was mm -hmm. just expected to come, but he didn't actually sign uh, the contract. So... It was a surprise, you know, I have to admit. I think we all we were all a little bit surprised by it. People in high positions at the football club was, at Villa were, were surprised by it as well. So, you know, it, I've never been involved in anything like that where, um, you know, an, an official like that announces that he's leaving a, yeah. a massive club. He joins another and just doesn't, can't remember anything that I've certainly not covered anything like that before in my career. Feels like he's used us. Obviously, I'm basing that off nothing but opinion, but it does feel like he's used Villa. A little, a little bit, but he can, you know, he came to Birmingham, so he surely wouldn't have bothered with that mm. if, he, if he didn't have any interest. It's a bit Fabian Delph, for, for my liking. Mm. Do you think, did Villa, once he said he didn't want to come, did Villa try and persuade him otherwise, or is Villa, that's Villa just... Well, I think it's, it's, when, he, when he's, it's not, it's, it's almost not like he's rejected Villa. It's like he's decided to stay at Barcelona, if that kind of makes sense, because... He still had a year left on his contract, so that hadn't actually officially ended. He, he, it had just been announced by the Barcelona that he was leaving on July the first. So he'll get a new contract. He didn't really need to change anything, but um, you know, just decided that he's, that he's going to stay again. And you know, I, I look, I don't know the finer details of it, but Villa, Villa are not Villa haven't been rocked by it. Yes, it was disappointing, but they've got a very strong structure in place still. Um, it's not going to affect really anything day to day. It, it, you just wonder whether Alemany coming in would have helped them go to a new level because yeah. of the, you know, because of the qualities that he had. Um, yes, they will still look to sign a, uh, hire another sporting director or someone in that role. Um, I, I mentioned previously, Johan Langer, the current sporting director, will be staying um, with it, you know, senior role within V Sports. Um, we've seen two of Emery's long-term allies come to the club this week in, in recruitment roles, Pablo Rodriguez and Alberto Benita. Uh, Benita. I do know their names. 
it, well, it's kind of my job to remember their names, but <laughs> I mean, I should know as well. In fairness. <laughs> so yeah, but I mean, look, you know, both of them, both of them met Emery um, a couple of decades ago when when he was a player. Um, Rodriguez played with him first, I think, and then Benito played with him later in his career. Um, I think, it, it, well, yeah, him and Benito, uh, Emery and Benito were, were very close. You know, they used to room together at uh, one of the clubs they played for. Um, and also Benito was the sporting director of Almeria when Emery was manager. Um, and the two of them took them into La Liga for the first time ever. Um, so they had a bit of success there, yeah. And and yeah, look, you know, both both of the recruitment guys are, are specialists in their field. They, um, they've, they've dealt with scouting for, for a long time. Um, Rodriguez was a opposition analyst for Villarreal when Emery was manager, um, but also did a little bit of scouting as well. So, yeah, they'll just come in and enhance the support network that Emery's got uh, and work closely with the current head of recruitment, Rob McKenzie. I mean, I think Alan Manny turning us down, I think he would have opened up a different market for Villa potentially. I think that may have been the main reason for, for him coming. Again, this is my opinion, not based on anything that I know. I just think him having been at Barcelona, his contact book and maybe access and things like that, I think it would have opened up a, a market for Villa. Like for example, Villa would I think Villa certainly would have signed someone from Barcelona in the summer. And they still might invest. But I just think it would have opened up a different market for Villa. Unai Emery is very much going to be having a massive say in who comes in. So he'll have identified players that he wants and it's up to the people around him to then go go and get those players for him. So I think the sporting director not coming in in terms of who Emery wants, I don't think it will affect it that much. I, I did an interview earlier and they asked me about this and they were kind of saying, well, because Villa are bringing in two scouts essentially from, from La Liga, does that mean that Villa would just be shopping in mm. La Liga? I think that's a bit of a naive way to look at it because just because two people have worked for a La Liga club doesn't mean that the only players they know about playing La Liga in fact it, it, it's the it's the opposite isn't it there's probably not loads of trading that goes on between La Liga clubs it's going and getting players from, mm, from elsewhere isn't it? Yeah. I mean I think Villa will sign someone at least one player from La Liga in the summer if I'm being perfectly honest but just because they've bought two scouts and you've got La Liga experience that doesn't necessarily translate to Villa are just looking at La Liga no definitely not I think look it will help of course um you know and I, and I, and I also I'm not I'm not entirely agreeing with you when you say that Alemany would have opened up a new market um, because I think the fact that Villa are getting two scouts or high, uh, or recruitment guys from Spain um, also opens up that market as well, if you if you get what I'm saying. Benito, you know, leaving Braille Betis. Um, who've done well. Who've done very well, yeah. And uh, um, Rodriguez, obviously, at Villarreal. He spent 10 years at Valencia as well. So, you know, they're... they're they're experienced guys who know the market well over in, in Spain. So I think what Alemani would have brought um, is just that that real high level experience and nous to get the deals done at you know the top level because he's had to do a lot, hasn't he, at um, Barcelona in, in times of trouble. Um, yeah. And they've they've created a team that that have gone and won the league um, and would have been very competitive in in the Europa League. I think if they if they'd have squeezed past Man United. Um, you know, probably would have backed them to go on and, and win that as well. So, uh, yeah, it, it would have helped Villa. They are disappointed, but it doesn't mean everything's broken. Um, there's a good structure in place already and there is still room for somebody else to come in.
usually, you know, a villa will have identified that they wanted someone in that position. You usually do have like a, it won't just be one person on a list. Like when you're buying a player, there's one, two and three, four. Even do you think it would have been like that for this role where they'll have had other people who they may have turned to if their initial re- approaches have been rebuffed or he, he just wasn't interested to begin with? Well, I think that's what that that's what will happen now. And look, you know, Villa have been a club that have got a lot of their deals done quietly and efficiently over the last few years. Um, you know, through Christian Perslow's leadership uh, and obviously Owen Lang working um, working closely with him. The fact that Emery's now got a little bit more power means that you'll probably see a lot of transfer stories coming out in Spain early and deals like the Alemany one that was nearly put together. Um, doesn't look great on Villa, really, the fact that this that this was played out so publicly and has now gone against them. Yes, why, it's... why did that happen then? Because that doesn't usually happen. You're right. That doesn't. It, it just came out, didn't it? I think what you probably. I think what you see in that Villa is that Emery has a little bit more power, so it's Emery making more of the footballing decisions. Um, it, we'll have to see what happens in the times ahead, but it's very much Emery now targeting the players, whereas before it was more of a collective effort. Um, obviously, each you know each person in high in high roles at Villa will still have a, a very important part to play at the football club, but the football decisions now are very much emery focused um so yeah in football of course there are always first second third fourth fifth targets and you know clubs like villa they don't always get their first choice targets because they're not top of the list like man city and liverpool and barcelona and real madrid it's just the way it works and and the next guy coming in will know that he wasn't first choice and People who have seen how this has played out publicly might think, well, why would somebody want to come in if they know they're a second choice? But typically in football, that happens all the time anyway. Because you know you can come and do do a job well and gain your reputation. Yeah, you mate. know. Yeah, you, if you get that job, you don't care whether you're set first or second choice. You've got the job. It's up to you then to, to put your stamp on it and do, do the best football people aren't. They don't look at it like that where they're second choice. No, no. They don't look at it like that at all. They just think no. this is a massive opportunity. Someone will see it as a, a huge opportunity to come and work for a massive club and really work at an exciting time for for that club yeah. as, as yeah. well. And yeah, you know, we know that Emery is very, very ambitious with with the, with the players that he that he would like as well, as well, isn't he? He's got some some big hitters on that list. He might not get them all, but yeah. he's he's not messing around, is he? Emery, strong belief. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the fact that they're really into Marco Asensio at Real Madrid just kind of says the level that... that anything in Ceballos? Because his name's popped up a few a few times. Yeah, I'm not, not sure on that one. I'm still, still trying to find out on that. But, uh, you know, I know Villa were looking at a mid... will be looking at a midfielder. So, um, you know, he's somebody that would, would probably fit the profile, yeah. Just got to find out if there is any serious um, interest in him. There definitely is in Asensio. Uh, but, you know... Real Madrid essentially wants to stay at Real Madrid so if they can agree terms on a new contract probably expect him to do that because um, you know leaving, for, leaving Real Madrid for Villa is still a you know, massive massive difference it's a huge <laughs> step up it's a huge step up <laughs> imagine yeah. that double, double free transfer swoop from Real Madrid Ceballos and uh, Asensio that'd be some great savings in there yeah, towards the rest yeah. of the squad wouldn't it yeah and look Villa have been clever in the last window they got Kamara in on a free um, you know you look at you look at the time, the players they were interested in before, Bissouma and Bentanker, I rate both of them. I think they're both very good players, but Not I do Kamara. think Kamara is better. I think Villa, were, Villa did so well to get that deal done. Stephen Gerrard actually played a big part in yeah, that. Yeah, he did. 
You did. Got to got to give him credit. You got to give the guys behind the scenes, you know, Langer and and his team and Christian Perslow credit for getting the deal done and identifying him and doing all the data to backgrounds. But Gerard did play a part in that. Um, you know, going to his house, convincing him to come. Kamara was really interested in playing for a player like Stephen Gerrard. So, yeah, that do help. Um, it's just a shame he, you know, he didn't get enough time to to uh, to get the best out of him, or, or wasn't able to get the best out of him. Yeah, um, that's no, that's fair. I've not criticised him enough. He did play a huge part in getting getting Kamara into. He d- does deserve credit for that because that's a, I'd say, a fifty million pound footballer that Villa have picked up for a throw. If Villa were yeah. to sell him now, they'd get at least fifty million for he's him. He's a top player. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a top player. He's going to get better if he can stay fit next season. It'll be a really, be a really, really big season. It was a shame for him that he's had a couple of disruptions this season mm-hmm. with injuries, but the. The bits we have seen of him, he, he's been absolutely brilliant, Kamara. It's quite, it's quite, it's quite exciting, isn't it? Kamara, Kamara, Louise, McGinn, is brilliant, and then a new midfielder coming in. You know, those four real, and then obviously Ramsey in his sort of a more attacking role. I um, think Ramsey could play in those in one of those front two positions. I, I liked that McGinn was there against against Liverpool. He was McGinn yeah. who was kind of alongside Watkins, wasn't he? I mean, you've got, you've got, you haven't really got a position, have you? Like you're coming in, but you. McGinn's not a striker, but yeah, he can play there for Villa, and it and it works yeah. because it's an Emery. It's weird, isn't it? McGinn keeps banging on about being old. It's it's weird. He keeps sort of referencing it every time I see him. He's like, How old too, old, "Too old for this," or you know, "I'm getting on a bit now." And it's like 28, 27. <laughs> but I'm just I'm just wondering if he's feeling it a bit. I mean, he's certainly not showing any signs of slowing up when he's playing. He's he's getting better, if anything, isn't he? He's in he's in great form. Um, but he keeps he keeps mentioning it. <laughs> I remember when um, Connor, Connor played one of his last games in the Premier League and I, for Villa, and I was speaking to him. I think it was a Fulham game where where he scored. And I remember messaging him and saying, "You're our oldest player today, veteran Connor Harran. He was only thirty. He was only thirty now, isn't he? Yeah, he might have been mid twenty nine. He couldn't believe that he was the oldest player in the in the team. So I think they do feel it as it as it goes on <laughs> goes on footballers. Have we got, have we got anything else to, to cover before we go? I did have something else to ask you, and it's completely gone up. Popped yeah, I mean, you should make notes. Player of the Year awards tonight, the official yeah. awards, isn't it at Villa? You know, as as we're recording. Um, I mean, look, I said I've said recent, I've said previously, I still think Emmy Martinez is is my Player of the Year for for reasons I've gone into previously. Um, I, I fully expect Louise or um, Tyron Minks to get it tonight. Too, I think that. Uh, you know, Ramsey might be in there with with one of the other awards he's done well as well, um, but. Yeah, it's, it's great that Villa have got so many candidates. So that should be a good night. Yeah, I, I went last year. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going this year. But kind of tightening of the of the purse strings at, at Bardell HQ. But yeah, I did, I did go last year. and It was enjoyable. So I imagine this year will be even better because it, you know because you're not there. Yeah, yeah, because you're not there. I'm not there. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be absolutely fantastic. Now, because it's a feel good, isn't it? It's the feel good. Yeah, yeah. it was some somehow some kind of feel good this time last year, even though we were absolutely awful to watch. I think yeah, we just wow. expected it to be a big summer. We just thought some of the yeah. people would, you, Villa put a lot on it being a big summer, didn't they? And yeah, we're going to yeah. get it right. Obviously, they didn't, but they're in a they're in a brilliant place now. Anyway, let's go. We'll be back next week with another episode of 1874. Do check out that Nord VPN deal because it's really really helpful. If you wanted to go into the reasons that that I spoke to, spoke about in the piece earlier on, yeah, preview shows Thursday, Friday as, as usual. I, I expect so. Yeah, myself and Dave Reed will be doing a match preview. Myself and Stato doing the stats preview. We'll get together, won't we, Greg, next week and do a do an end of season yeah. show, do an end of kind of season review. And yeah, thanks ever so much for for all the support. Great numbers across all platforms on eighteen seventy four last week, and yeah, lots of nice feedback on social media for Greg and myself. So we hope you're enjoying the pod. Greg and myself certainly enjoy doing it. 
those that are going to the player awards that have already happened i hope you have an excellent time and we'll see everyone on sunday up the villa sports social podcast network lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.